the Fiona. Number 166. The one where we get stoned for Jesus. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theo Martyrs out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The Theonauts! Now, just a disclaimer, there's no type of illicit drugs in the studio. There's no, uh, you know, well, not that I know of. David might... Have yeah. something. What's in that thing right uh, there? Uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> no. There's n- nothing we know of in the studio that that could possibly get us "quote unquote" stoned. <laughs> that was a that was David's suggestion, by the way. It wasn't mine. Uh, so, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trust me, I'm I'm doing your, okay. Your mom listening to the show? Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Is your mom listening to the show? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yay for mothers. It is my mom's 40th anniversary tomorrow. Whoa, yay. The big 4-0. I cannot believe it. That's crazy. I called her up today. I said, Mom, you've been married longer than I've been alive. And she said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. So, anyways, how are you doing, David? Oh man, really good. Yeah, yeah. What's what's been going on in your world? Oh, it's just been crazy with the new job. Still trying to get caught up and get everything, mm-hmm. get all my ducks in a row. But things are moving forward a snail's pace. But yeah. they are. It's a it's a corporate world now, right? Yeah. So, man, it's hard to believe that next week is. Already August. I mean, it, oh yeah, this summer is blowing by. Man. That is not okay, <laughs> and uh, especially if you're a teacher, you're going, "What's going on here?" Do you know this? Uh, this summer has been pretty chill for yeah Texas summers, except for the heat. Well, no, I mean, we over the past what week or so, it's been crazy. We had that heat wave, but up until that point, I mean, usually we're burning up. I guess so. I don't know. It just seemed like all of a sudden I couldn't get my AC to cool down below 80 in <laughs> my was, house. That was like a week out oh of the whole Oh, my gosh. Summer. I was dying. We've had, like, nice breezes in the morning. Like, I need some ice chips. <laughs> like like today. It's a Saturday. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful today. It was well, We had a couple out, summer outside. showers. It was nice. It's yeah, nice, it's so. been... Is this what we've re- resulted to, talking about the weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well in texas that's a big deal i guess yeah that's very true we had uh let's see it was yeah it's been a really good summer and you know oh another it's talking of texas another fascinating thing here that i noticed in our in our um uh what do you call it the we're looking at the listening the the playback the oh listen, yeah 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 the listenings the <laughs> Where our users are, yeah, regionally. yeah. Who's, who's listening to us? Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that you know, early on, especially, it was all Texas. You know, all our friends, right, listening and whatnot. And then 
you know, Tennessee jumped in there because of our uh, GCT network affiliates. Right. And uh, But now it's cool. It's interesting, it, but cool at the same time because the majority of our listeners aren't from anywhere around us. Huh, they're in, like, California, aren't they? California and Utah both outrate <laughs> Texas as far as listeners. Right. So, what? Uh, that's pretty amazing. So either... So thank you, Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, either our <laughs> our friends aren't listening anymore. Yeah, <laughs> they're like ah, this is Dan Jeremiah, right? And uh, we've heard too much. But California, wow! So if you're in if you're in Cali, holler at us. Let us know. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from you and uh, how you found the show and uh, what you think of it. It'd be great. Yeah. So, you know, you could call our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Nailed it. Anytime you want. And uh, drop us a line and let us know, what's up, dude? Yeah. Hang Did 10. I do that right? Yeah. Hang 10, man. <laughs> Getting stoned for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, gosh, you want to do this thing? Yeah. All right, All let's right, jump let's into it. it. So, where did this one come from? It was a it was Karen a, yeah, suggested it. It was a suggestion. Patron Saint Karen suggested that we talk about what happened to the apostles after the Bible. Which is a great question, and uh, we don't know. So that completes our episode. <laughs> yep, this is completely non-biblical, so don't worry about it. <laughs> right, no. exactly. No, I mean, that, that's a very interesting question, because, you know, the, there's 12 men, they change the world. How did they change the world? Where did they go? What did they do? And uh, what, what ended up happening to them? And honestly, I mean, so a disclaimer, there's so much mystery shrouding this because uh, history i mean it's it's 2000 years ago right right so history is it's kind of a lost record in a lot of ways we have a lot of tradition yeah, yeah. there's a lot of what we call historic memory yes around this in other words this has been passed down from one person to another these stories have been passed down from one person to to another dating all the way back to the time of the event right which, I mean, a lot of people, so even though these things that we're going to tell you are quote-unquote church tradition, right? Th- there's a lot of validity you can give to it, a lot more so than you might think on the surface, because people go, oh, yeah, how do you really know? This is just hearsay, it's blah, blah, blah. Sure. But because these stories have been told for so long, dating right. all the way back to you know the, the first and second centuries... Um, it actually, historical memory is pretty reliable, especially whenever the story doesn't change much over the years. Right. And and so, uh, <clears throat> you know, we cannot 100% guarantee this is exactly what happened to each one of these fellers. And some of them are a lot more mysterious or um, ambiguous than than others. Yeah. But, you know, there is a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tradition. And, um, and so you can, you can kind of trust that. Uh, well, one of the things that well. the, the the Roman Catholic Church was very big on mm-hmm. was documentation. Yeah. Like, uh, the Vatican is full of writings and, and all kinds of stuff. And so a lot of this stuff got documented, like, really early on. And this is one of the things that actually 
kind of floored me whenever I went over to Israel because in Jerusalem area, especially because you go over there with all these doubts. Yeah, sure, this is the exact place. I mean, you're like, <laughs> it's like it's been 2,000 years. How do you know? Everything's been destroyed since then. Right. And uh, But whenever you really start looking at the historical memory of it and that the people who lived 1,000 years ago and... 1,500 years ago, mm-hmm. were actually writing down that this was the exact place. And so that tradition has been held sure. for so long that it has more validity to it than what you might think just on the surface. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention as we go into this study, though, is the importance of the fact that um, of the uh, 12-13 uh, apostles... All but one, through church history, uh, through tradition, uh, all but one were killed and killed for their belief and their proclamation that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right. And that he is resurrected. And you can be sure of that. All, All but one, really, I mean... That that's more documented than any other any other tradition that they all died for mm-hmm. for for the cause of Christ, and so that's a that is a huge faith affirmer, right? Um, I, in apologetics, this is this is a trump card mm-hmm. to play because you you got to go all right. So these guys, the uh, the idea goes these guys, if they just were out to start a religion to benefit themselves. Why would they end up dying for this religion? Yeah. Um, if they didn't really believe what they were saying, mm-hmm. why would they die? And not just die, but in brutal ways. We'll yes. get into some we'll of these. We'll see many crucifixions in this list. Right. Um, and so you have to ask yourself did they truly believe what they were saying? And absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're going to the cross for this stuff. They're being stoned to death for this stuff. They truly believe what they're saying. Right. It's like this this adds so much weight to their witness Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is resurrected. Right. Like this is the, for for me personally, this is the faith-affirming fact that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Yeah, because these guys witnessed it, and because they witnessed it, they had no doubts whatsoever that Jesus was resurrected, and therefore Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Son of God, resurrected and atoned for our sins. Yeah. Amen. And so, um, so they knew, right? Going to their death, they would have life. Yes, because Jesus post uh, posthumously had life. Life. Amen. And so that's. Uh, to me, that's one of the biggest faith-affirming things ever. So you might think, oh, this study is ancillary to the Bible, and it is, you know, whatever, but it has a very good application to right. your faith. Absolutely. And so, you know, um, that being said, why don't we jump into it? Who do you have first on your list? And you kind of did this in a chronological order of how they... Or when they died. Well, I kind of started chronological. I don't know how chronological it stayed. <laughs> but the the very first apostle who died actually dies in the yes, New Testament. Right. And it, it records this in Acts 12, verse 2. two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is where uh, uh, James 
Right. Yeah, the son, son of Zebedee, mm-hmm. uh, one of the sons of thunder, uh, yes. is beheaded um, <clears throat> at the sword right. uh, of Herod, uh, by Herod's command. And um, I found something interesting in the... We're going to be referencing uh, one of the, the greatest sources that we use for this is Fox's Book of Martyrs. Uh, it, it's Christian Martyrs by John Fox. Um, it is... Uh, was r- written in the 1500s, uh, somewhere in around 1540 is when this uh, book was written. And uh, a lot of the historical memory we were talking about was recorded by John Fox in this book. Right. Um, and so if you haven't ever read John uh, John Fox's Book of Martyrs, you need to do it. It is very uh, faith-affirming. Sure. Because there's so many, I mean, it's sad and it's scary and it's uh, horrifying to read some of the things that these people went through. But at the same time, it is so magnificent to see what faith in Jesus Christ can do for you. Right. As far as your willingness to give up everything. And this is something that separates, I think, a lot of Western Christianity from the ancient Christianity. Um, in that, you know, how willing are you to go to your death for this? Right. And um, and there are recordings in this book of guys rushing lions. I love that story. Like <laughs> one of these guys in the arena, the the lions are released, and the guy rushes the lion, and like uh, not like to defeat it. I mean, he goes and he just rushes it to be the first one to, to die, die at the mouth of the lion. So it's like, wow. And, you know, people in the uh, arena were actually converting to Christianity because right. they came to watch morbid morbidity. They came to watch people freaking and screaming and running and, you know, yeah, these animals are eating these people alive. But what they saw were people resiliently willing to die. And they saw people huddled together singing songs to right. Jesus as they were dying. Yeah. And tears would begin to flow in the crowd. And people were like, why are these people so willing to die? And it, it's been recorded that many conversions happened sure. at the arenas because of this. So uh, talking about James, there is an ancient, um, um, I guess, story around this. Um uh, that came from Clement, uh, who was an early church father. Mm-hmm. He says, When this James was brought to the tribunal seat, he that brought him and was the cause of his trouble, seeing him to be condemned and that he should suffer death, was in such sort moved within his heart and conscience that as he went to the execution, he confessed himself also of his own accord to be Christian. And so they were led <laughs> forth together, wherein the way he desired of James to forgive him what he had done. And after James had had a little pause with himself upon the matter, turned to him and said, Peace to thee, brother, and kissed him, and both were beheaded together. I just thought that was a cool little... <laughs> I don't know where Clement got it, but I just thought that was really cool. So however... Uh, James ended up being turned into Herod. Uh, this guy who was the res- who was responsible for it, sure, 
converts to Christianity at the last minute and dies with him. Right. Wow. Now, uh, some things to know about James. Uh, of course, he's he's one of the sons of thunder. <laughs> right, James and John. Yes, um, and they're some of the most important disciples. A uh, lot of a lot of story. Oh, I just thought of something. Yeah, James is the first of the apostles to die, and John is the last of the apostles to die. And wow, that's pretty incredible. I've never thought of that either. Wow, that is cool. That's nuts. Wow. Okay. So, anyways, um, there's a lot of tradition that states that James actually went uh, on a missionary <laughs> journey to Spain. He was considered the first. Bishop of Spain. Um, however, that that works out. Um, his symbol is the bishop's hat and a sword, symbolizing mm-hmm. the way he died. And of course, yeah, he was killed by Agrippa the first, um, and he was the first of the disciples in Acts twelve two to be to be uh, beheaded. Uh, his character, uh, he seems to have been vengeful and fiery, selfish and conceited. Um, but he was courageous. So that's the th- a son of thunder. Son of thunder. Yes. That's exactly right. You know what? I would love to have that moniker put on me. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> like, awesome. That, that's so cool. And also, um, I like the idea that well, it makes sense according to Jewish custom. James was fishing with his father Zebedee, mm-hmm. right? So he was learning his father's trade. So how old was this dude? How old were James and John whenever Jesus called them? Yeah. I think they were teenagers. Yeah. Tradition puts John very young. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a, that's another thing. A lot of people think of these disciples as old men with beards and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they were 30s whenever they were walking with Jesus his age, but I don't I don't think that's the case. And so who who else do you know that's that's as hardcore and uh, thunderous as a teenager on fire for something, right? Right. And so, you know, I, I love this idea that James is, you know, a, a young dude, like a youth kid. Yeah. Well, and it also makes sense that they were young because their mother keeps coming up in the right. stories. You know, she shows up and she's like, and I want to know which one of my sons is going to sit on your right hand, Jesus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're probably like, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, all right. Who's next? Okay, well, I ha- I have um, Peter. Peter and Paul both uh, died in somewhere around Rome, 66 yeah. AD. This would have been under the first persecution of uh, the first uh, government persecution. The first uh, ten persecutions were stirred up by Nero, uh, starting in about AD 64. Um, his rage against the Christians was so fierce that Eusebius records. A man might see or might then see cities full of men's bodies, the old lying together with the young and the dead bodies of women cast out naked without reverence of that sex in the open streets. So many Christians in that day um, thought that Nero was the Antichrist because of his cruelty and abominations. In fact, it's even in the preterist circles. Right. That is the character of the Antichrist. It would be in Nero. Makes a lot of sense because <clears throat> he fits that perfect description mm-hmm. of the Antichrist. Um, and so Simon Peter is obviously, I think, the most famous out of all the disciples, really, if you if you get down to it. I mean, there's more stories about Peter and right. his uh, antics than any yeah, other. His, uh <laughs> Ready, fire, aim, personality. Exactly. He's he's able to say, 
truly or I believe that you are the you know the Messiah, the Son of God, right? And then turn right around and have Jesus go get thee behind me, Satan, to him. So that kind of guy. Um, he's famous for being quote unquote given the keys to heaven. Um, upon this, your name is Cephas, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell will not stand against it. So a lot of people put him as, and he was the the uh, really the first leader of of the church after after Christ. Um, people look to Peter more than anybody else, um, even though he denied Christ three times, right? Yeah, yeah. And then was restored. And so we have all these crazy stories, but b- between Peter and Paul, their fruit, their work uh, was fundamental in the spreading of the gospel yeah. Peter and Paul together and so it is it's only um I think it's only fitting that they die under the reign of Nero together yeah. like that right um so tradition holds that Peter uh was crucified under Nero yeah but he was crucified upside down yes because he he uh requested <clears throat> according to Fox right yeah. it's in Fox's he requested, it's very brief yeah. on it, but yeah. he basically said, I, I want to, uh, um, I, I'm not worthy of dying in the same right. way Christ died. Right. So they flipped him upside down. Uh, other people um, say that he was done it in an X style crucifixion. Mm. So it was like, that'd be really weird right. way to die. But, anyways, they spread him out like mm. all fours and crucified him. Uh, another tradition that I read, and this is not very, I don't think it's very widespread, but uh, his wife, he was married. Right. Um, and his wife, he watched his wife shot through with arrows and eaten by dogs. Oh, wow. Um, I hadn't heard that one. Before he was crucified. And so if you can imagine. But there's a lot of that in this Fox's Book of Martyrs. Right. Like, that's one of the heart-wrenching parts is people watching their family members die before sure. they died. And, and it makes a lot of sense because who would you want to get to recant more than Peter? Right. Right? And so what do you do? You, you, you shoot his wife full of arrows and have her get eaten by dogs in front of you in order to try to... And uh, the tradition holds that as he was watching her die... Or as he was watching this happen, he he would he just kept reminding her to keep her eyes on Christ, mm. keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus, and then he requested to be crucified upside down. Wow, <laughs> so crazy! That's powerful. Um, Peter's the reason why we have the Book of Mark. Um, so he's a pretty yeah important disciple. As wrote well. a couple of wrote a couple of letters in there, right? Were, First and Second Peter. That actually, it, it's kind of cool because. First and Second Peter, especially Second Peter, is about this. Like it's a, yep. it is about suffering for Christ, and it's also a warning. It's written to Christians saying there's trials that are about to happen. Right. Uh, this letter was written in somewhere around 63, 64. So he saw the writing on the wall. He knew that this was about to come down. And he writes this letter saying, this is how you deal with it. Right. This is what's going to happen. And um, then he goes through and it. And then he goes through it and <laughs> right. dies in the middle of it. And exactly. um, I also think it's really cool. I want to read a little bit from John chapter 21, where um, it's the last chapter in the book of John. Mm. They're at the Sea of Galilee after the resurrection 
Jesus just did the whole uh, Peter, do you love me thing? Right, the and um, and all this. But one of the things that he says here, uh, Jesus says says to him. Of course, this is at the end of the whole. Um, I, I love you, Jesus. You know I love you. And he says, well, then feed my lambs. Peter, listen, when you were younger, you made your own choices. And you went, and I'm reading for the, from the Passion Translation. This right. Okay. Peter, listen, whenever you were younger, you made your own choices, and you went where you pleased. But one day, when you are old, others will tie you up and escort you where you would not choose to go, and you will spread out your arms. Huh. It says, Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. And then he said, Peter, follow me. Yeah. I, that last, <laughs> <laughs> the last words there, follow me. And what did he do? Oh. He followed him to death. The cross. That's right. Like that was as literal as you could get as a following Jesus that you could do. That's right. And so I just I love the fact that um, that mm-hmm. even though Peter had his his flaws, and thank God he did because that gives all of us hope, man. If, oh yeah. If there's mercy and grace for that guy, there's mercy and grace for you. For you, amen. <laughs> and me. So uh, I love the fact that he's. Um, that he's just so gung ho, and that he has such a triumphant end, mm-hmm. such an honorable, and uh, an end that honors Christ in the most magnificent way. Oh yeah, I love it most definitely. All right, so who's next? I got Paul on there. Ah, uh. uh, so we don't know a whole lot about the story except for that um, Paul was beheaded. Um, under Nero, uh, right. in Rome. Um, let's see. I'm reading from Fox's Book of Martyrs again. It says, Paul also suffered under the persecution when Nero sent two of its esquires, Farraga and Parthamius, to bring him to his execution. And they found Paul instructing the people and asked him to pray for them so that they might believe. This is one of the things I just find really cool is that these guys are continually converting their captors. Right. <laughs> it's so cool. It's, they were like, uh, pray for them so that they might believe. And receiving Paul's assurance that they would soon be baptized, the two men led him out of the city <laughs> to the place of execution where Paul was beheaded. <laughs> that incredible? So oh, he goes to his death. But gets two last converts in before the swing of the sword. Exactly. So good. Okay, so uh, do you have anything else on Paul? Um, not really, other than, you know, his, his backstory and all that, but uh, the other leader of the church and put to death by the sword. It's really interesting because I think Paul's lifelong goal was to get to Rome. Yes. Right? Uh, and so, and his desire, if you, if you read Paul, Paul makes comment about his, his, his understanding that he's going to die for the gospel. Right? Yes, yes. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain, which is a huge statement. He, he, I think he knew that he was going to, um, end up, end up dying for this. So it's 
pretty incredible. But yeah, and and that's what I was um, just looking at here. Uh, you're making reference to his Philippian letter. Yeah. Um, because he is so adamant about. I mean, the first three chapters. Well, I mean, the whole letter really mm-hmm. is just. Um, it's so good. Um, he says here, I'm again, I'm in the Passion Translation. This is chapter 1, verse 20. He says, No matter what, I continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes so I will not be ashamed. In my life or in my death, mm. Christ will be magnified in me and my true life is the anointed one and dying means gaining more of him. Yeah. So I, I really like the way that that translation renders that text. is really cool. Sure. He says, here's my dilemma. Each day I live, <laughs> each day I live means bearing more fruit for, in the ministry, yet I fervently long to be liberated from this body and joined fully to Christ. That would suit me fine, but the greatest <laughs> advantage to you would be that I remain alive so that you can see why I'm torn between these two. And I don't know which I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine saying that? That's basically and saying, yeah, it'd be cool if I just died. Yeah, you know, let's do it. I get to go with be with Jesus. I gain everything that I've been fighting and been persecuted for this entire time, mm-hmm. which is pretty powerful. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It'll make you want to run to lions, right? Right. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's like. Dude, that's how I want to go. I want to be like tackle a lion for Jesus. <laughs> we need oh to arrange that. We need to arrange that somehow. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't arrange that because it would be like <laughs> and then it'd be suicide. It's suicide. <laughs> you know. No, I said for Jesus. Yeah, for I Jesus. Mean, it has to be like See, I, and I'm with you. I so like someone... John Piper said it best. He's like <laughs> When I know that my time is up, that I'm I'm pretty much gone. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna buy a one way ticket to the most like Burma or something. <laughs> I'm gonna go out in the middle of the square and I'm gonna yell out and preach out Christ. And I'm gonna until preach they and kill preach me. until they kill me. Yeah. He's like, that's. What I'm By the do. way, do you guys got any lions? Right. Because I I really want to do it that I way. Really like this. <laughs> You're so morbid, <laughs> sadomasochistic. Oh man, <laughs> crazy! So good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Okay, Andrew. Oh yeah. Um. So Andrew is Peter's brother. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, for whatever reason, I just think this is kind of interesting because Andrew doesn't get a lot of playtime. <laughs> Poor Andrew. You know, I you mean, I think about that. He's. Oh, okay. So. Poor James the Less. His name is James <laughs> the, the Less. less. <laughs> right? But that the, could mean younger, by the right. way. Right. <laughs> Poor James, the brother of Jesus, because he was the brother of Jesus. Right. But Andrew here, I mean, yeah. I feel sorry for some of these, like, background, I call them background disciples. Yes. Because there's just not a whole lot. Oh, yeah. There. Bartholomew. Right. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it, or poor, uh, Thomas. Yeah. All he's known as is Doubting Thomas. He's like, he's probably like, really? 
That's the only thing the you recorded. One thing. The, the one thing. Out of everything. It's like out of the whole time I spent with Jesus, that's what you recorded. It's like, you remember when I did that thing with Jesus, but you wouldn't no, you didn't record that. You had to record that I doubted. Whatever. Now I'm doubting Thomas. Okay, anyway. So going back to Andrew, the brother of of Peter. Peter, yes. So um actually uh, he's honored in Fox's Book of Martyrs with more than any of the other apostles. Like, yeah. the, 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 there's more story here about Andrew's death. Wow. Than anybody else's, and so because of that, I am going to read it. Um, so it says here that when Andrew, through his diligent preaching, had brought many to faith of Christ, Aegeus, the governor, asked permission of the Roman Senate to force all Christians to sacrifice to and honor the Roman idols. Andrew thought that he should resist Aegeus and went to him, telling him that a judge of men should first know and worship his judge in heaven. And while worshiping the true God, Andrew said he should banish all false gods and blind idols from his mind. Furious at Andrew, Aegeus demanded to know if he was the man who had recently overthrown the temple of the gods and persuaded men to become <laughs> Christians, a superstitious sect that had recently been declared illegal by the Romans. And Andrew replied that the rulers of Rome just didn't understand the truth. The son of God who came into the world for man's sake taught that the Roman gods were devils, enemies of mankind, teaching them, teaching men to offend God and causing them to turn away from them. And by serving the devil, men fall into all kinds of wickedness. Andrew said, and after they die, nothing but their evil deeds are remembered. And the proconsul ordered Andrew not to preach these things anymore, or he would face a speedy crucifixion. Whereupon Andrew replied, I would not have preached the honor and glory of the cross if I feared the death of the cross. And he was condemned to be crucified for teaching a new sect and taking away the religion of the Roman gods, Andrew, going toward the place of execution and seeing the cross waiting for him, never changed his expression, neither did he fail in his speech, his body fainted not, nor did his reason fail him, as often happens to men about to die. He said, O cross, most welcome and longed for, Mm. with a willing mind, joyfully and desirously I come to you, being the scholar of him which did hang on you because I have always been your lover and yearn to embrace you. <laughs> wow. 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 So Andrew might not have gotten much play in the New no. Testament, but man. One thing that we, we know about Andrew is he was the first called. So his actual, he has another name, uh, Proto Cletos. Proto, proto mean first called, right, right. Cletus called. Um, and yeah, how powerful is that? Also, uh, it said that he was he died on X-shaped cross as well. Mm. Um, and so it's pretty interesting. Um, the symbol of Andrew is an X-shaped cross because of that. Right. So, um, yeah, it's a great guy. Well, and here's another interesting thing about Andrew as he... Uh, as many of these apostles, you know, Jesus' last words to them was, go you oh, into yeah. all nations preaching and baptizing. So he he gives them this 
great commission to go into all the nations. And by church tradition, they're doing that. Right. Like Andrew went to what we now call Russia. Uh, At the time, it was called the land of the man eaters. Now, I don't know if it was cannibalism <laughs> up in the Soviet Union, but but whatever. So he, he it's hardcore land, yeah. Okay, so this is north. There was a lot of of evangelism happening in Asia Minor, which mm-hmm. is what we now call Turkey. And he did go into Asia Minor. He did go into that area, um, and of course Russia. Uh, this. Land of the man of the man eaters. What was north right. of this? So they're going to the ends of the earth. I mean, as far as what they can tell, right? He also went to Greece too. Yes, and so in fact, uh, uh, it, it appears this probably happened in, in Greece, in Greece, in the Aegean area. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I just think it's cool that we're going to see several of these guys uh, at being very active in oh, yeah. foreign ministry, right? Like foreign mission work. It was. It was pretty cool. Wow. All right, who's next? Next, I have very little on this, and this would be our our, our boy, uh, Doubting Thomas. Oh, yeah. So This one's fun. So here's what I have. He was speared to death in India. <laughs> Do you have any more? That's it. Hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me flip to my, my thing. Uh, he traveled to India, founded the Christian church there. He was killed by a spear for his faith. Buried in India. He some say that he was a carpenter. <laughs> so other than going to India and dying for his faith, that's pretty much it. Poor Thomas. Yeah. He just didn't, you know. He's got very little play. The twin. I'll show you doubting. I'll get... <laughs> 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 It's like oh. the Monty Python scene. Me- message for you, sir. Message for you, sir. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, so I the thing I find cool about this is this was the first one we're mentioning. In, first time we're mentioning India. Um, there are other apostles who actually end up in India. But <clears throat> have you read Fox's book on this? Have you read Thomas on this? Uh, I don't think so. Called Didymus, which is twin. Yeah, he preached the gospel in Parthia in India. Where exciting and uh, the rage of the pagan priests, he was martyred by being thrust through with a spear. So somehow he excited the rage of the pagan priests. Ah, That's what it says. That Uh, that happens. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Anyways. Whenever you enrage the pagans. (laughs) You um, get thrust through with a spear. It's like, I had such great hopes. I was going to go everywhere. Yeah. Well, India, if you think about how far India Uh, is from Jerusalem. Yeah. Wow. Like that's in ancient times. The end of the known world to them. Mm, Yeah, you're you've left you're in Asia. (laughs) Right. That's wow. So okay, so the next one I have is uh, Philip. All right, let me Um, see here. The best I have been able to find about Philip is is for one, he was also an extensive missionary. Mm-hmm. He went to Carthage, which is in North Africa. Um, he went also into Asia Minor or Turkey, the Turkey area, where he was then stoned and crucified. Um, but I don't have a lot of details about that experience. Uh, 
other than let's see, yeah, he he worked in uh, in Ukraine, modern day Ukraine, right, mm-hmm. and then Turkey. Okay, so that's even further north, yeah. right? Uh, that's what I have. Uh, he was crucified on a tall cross. Is what it says. So, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting that he was stoned first and then crucified. Right. Like, wow. That's, it's kind of weird. Um, he, uh, let's see. I mean, there's just not a lot about him. Um, he was born in Beth, uh, Bethsaida along with, I just found this, and I, I'll hold this off until we do news because I want to talk about that. Okay. But, uh, um, anyways, uh, his symbol includes loaves of bread because of the the story of the bread and the fish, and uh-huh. then and then a tall cross. So, who knows what a tall cross means? But I guess it was raised pretty taller high, taller than the rest, I right? Guess. Taller than other ones. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so um, the next one I have on the list is Matthew. Okay, our tax collector. Yes, um, writer of the New author Testament. of uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Yep. Which is the most extensive in its uh, quotations of Jesus right. and so forth. And uh, anyway, uh, apparently, once again, he was involved in some foreign mission work. He was in Ethiopia, where he was uh, again speared. He was stabbed as well, right? Um, in Ethiopia. Uh, let's see. He- slain with a. He- I have Helbert. Whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it was that's a that's in Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is, I guess, it's a type of speared. Uh, let's see. Parthia, Ethiopia, a very, a, <coughs> abridged version that I'm looking at here, by the way. In so. which latter country suffered martyrdom, being slain with the halberd. See, that's one of the 60. things about the the Fox's Book of Martyrs is they include. Uh, disciples who weren't apostles, right? But then they also uh, don't mention some of them, right? So, okay, yeah. Here's exactly what I got about Matthew in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. It says uh, Matthew wrote his gospel to the Jews in the Hebrew tongue, and after he had converted Ethiopia and all Egypt, uh, Hyrcanus the king sent someone to kill him with a spear. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh let's see. Other than yeah, he he went Persia, Macedonia, Syria, Parthia, uh Media, Ethiopia. Uh, he went all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean all over the place. Um before he was killed with a spear. Uh his symbol is a bag of coins, of course is re- uh uh reference to him being a tax collector. So, other than that, there's really not not a lot uh, that we know about Matthew. So, hmm. Okay, so moving on, <clears throat> yeah. Bartholomew. Uh, Bartholomew is kind of trumped as being the most active in his travels. In his, uh, he right. seems to have a big list of places Bart. that he has vi- visited and and preached to. Um, so I'll read you straight from, once again, the Book of Martyrs. It says, Bartholomew is said to have <laughs> preached in India and translated the Gospel of Matthew into their tongue. Well, that's kind of cool. He was beaten, crucified, and beheaded in albino, 
Albinopolis, Armenia. So once again, up in the uh, northern areas, uh, uh, North uh, Asia uh, is where he died. But uh, interesting, again, the combination of things just gets me. Beaten, crucified, and then beheaded. So it wasn't good enough to kill him on the cross. It's like, let's go ahead and cut his head off too. There's actually a, uh, a document called the Martyrdom of Bartholomew. Uh, yeah, which claims it tells you the king that he was martyred by, King Estagius in Armedia, uh, says, and this is the last quote of it, and when he had thus spoken, the king was informed by the god Baldad and all the other idols, uh, was informed that this god Baldad, a Apparently their God that they were worshiping and all the other idols had fallen down and were broken to pieces. So apparently Bartholomew was witnessing to this King or to, to these people. And while he was doing it, their idols fell down and broke. Wow. Right. Yeah. Broken to pieces. Then the King rent the purple in which he was clothed and ordered the Holy apostle Bartholomew to be beaten with rods. And after having been thus scourged to be beheaded. Wow. <laughs> so uh, he apparently didn't like his idols being broke. <laughs> uh, he brought the Gospel of Matthew to, a copy of the Gospel of Matthew to... Um, India? That's what yeah, the India. Book of Martyrs says. Here. Right. And they translated it. And Esubis. He translated it. Yeah, Esubis says the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, good old Bart was an awesome guy. Um, he's, let's see, his symbol is a blade because of... <laughs> so sad, the, these these Catholic Sim- symbols. Symbols all are, of them are, are like death. Your death. Most yeah. of them are all death. Like a tall cross, a symbol, an X, a symbol, a blade. But it's fitting, right? Mm-hmm. Because nothing is more witnessing of Christ than the death of the apostles. Right. So it's it's just awesome. It gives a whole new meaning when Jesus looks at those guys and says, he who must follow after me must take up his cross. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. And, and die for me. Um, it's, it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have. He was born and raised in Cana. Other than that, I don't have anything. All right. Let's move on to a, a somewhat ambiguous one. Uh, okay. James the Lesser. Oh, here we go. James, yeah, the son guy. of Alpheus. Okay. We had some very interesting So that we, we ran across things. some um, differing, like there's there's a story about the martyr, the martyrdom of James. And the, the thing that gets confusing is Fox's Book of Martyrs associates this story with James, the brother of Jesus who was not an apostle, by the way. Right. Um, and so he would be outside of our list, right. but... Although he did write the book of James, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, well, you, you know, but just so you guys know out there. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. So, um, but the uh, many other scholars attribute this story to James the Lesser. So uh, I'll read it from the, the book of Martyrs, because it does a decent job of explaining what happened. Um, but so, and this happens in, in Jerusalem. So unlike, um, you know, a lot of these guys that are getting killed on foreign soil. 
Right. Um, James, maybe the brother of Jesus, maybe James the Lesser. Or maybe both of them. Maybe the same thing happened twice. (laughs) Which is kind of very ironic if that happened. (laughs) This is why one of the, this is the ambiguity that comes in here, by the way. You'll see. Go ahead. Okay, so James, uh, this is straight out of the Book of Martyrs. James, the brother of our Lord, uh, we read the following. James, being considered a just and perfect man, governed the church with the apostles. He drank no wine or any strong drink, uh, or no meat, or ate no meat, and never shaved his head. He was the only man allowed to enter into the holy place, for he never wore wool, just linen. He would enter into the temple alone, fall on his knees, and ask remission for the people. Doing this so often that his knees lost their sense of feeling and became hardened like the knees of that of a camel. And because of his holy life, James was called the just and the safeguard of the people. And when many of the chief men had been converted, the Jews, scribes, and Pharisees began to fear that soon all the people would decide to follow Jesus. So they met with James, saying, We beg you to restrain the people, for they believe Jesus as though he were the Christ. Persuade those who come to the Passover to think correctly about the Christ, because they will listen to you. Stand on top of the temple so you can be heard by everyone. So during Passover, the scribes and the Pharisees put James on the top of the temple, calling out to him, You just man, whom we all ought to obey. This people is going astray after Jesus who was crucified. And James answered, Why do you ask me of Jesus, the Son of Man? He sits on the right hand of the Most High and shall come in the clouds of heavens. (laughs) Hearing this... You did the exact opposite (laughs) of what we wanted you to do. Okay, go ahead. Hearing this, many in the crowd were persuaded and glorified God, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Then the scribes and the Pharisees realized that they had done the wrong thing by allowing (laughs) James to testify of Christ... And so they cried out, Oh, this just man is seduced too. And they went up and threw James off the temple. But James wasn't killed by the fall. He turned, fell on his knees, and called, Oh, Lord God, Father, I beg you to forgive them, for they don't know what they do. They decided to stone James, but a priest said to them, Wait, what are you doing? This just man is praying for you. But one of the men there, a fuller, took the instrument he used to beat cloth and hit James on the head, killing him, and they buried him where he fell. James was a true witness for Christ to the Jews and the Gentiles. So, okay, that's James, the brother of Jesus. According to Fox. According to Fox. But everything that I've found attributes James, the son of Alphaeus, with a likewise thing. The suggestion is that James, the son of Alphaeus, belonged to the revolutionary group known as the Zealots. Some say that James was arrested by the Jews, thrown off the temple, and beaten to death by a club. Uh, And then another source I found said that James uh, and the... Uh, James and the James, who was Jesus' half-brother, died in a similar fashion to one another, being thrown from the pinnacle of the temple and beaten to death with a club. And you also have another book that 
references that, don't you? The not the Fox's book, but the other. Yeah, it's this. Um, um, it's a, actually a pretty awesome book called um, "The Search for the Twelve Apostles" by McBurney, mm-hmm. and um, it has like a chapter for every one of the apostles and what they what we know about them. Right, and it does not attribute um, his death to um, to being tossed off the. Uh, the temple. What is it attributed it says, to? According to a study made by E.A. Wallace Budge, James was stoned by the Jews for preaching Christ and was buried by the sanctuary in Jerusalem. And we must speculate at this point how the body of James the Less was discovered in Jerusalem and taken to Constantinople for internment at the Church of the Holy Apostles. So yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, guys' bones have ended up, right? You know, being revered as holy relics. But something that's interesting in the book is that he was he was killed right by the temple, yes, just like James, the brother of Jesus, and buried in the same spot, mm-hmm. just like James, the brother of Jesus, right? So these things are very, and they were both bludgeoned. Mm-hmm. Right, right. One was st- well, according stoned. to that book, stoned. But I have two other sources that say that that he was uh, beaten with a bludgeon or something. Right. So, however, however that fits, it's just really interesting. This is the problem when you've got so many guys with the same name, right? Right. <laughs> James. The there's a lot of Judes too, by the way. Judas. Sure. They're they're all over the place. So again, there's there's really not much more about. Uh, the son of uh, Alpheus. We don't even know. I never found if he went anywhere and preached the gospel anywhere else. No, I didn't say other than Jerusalem. He was. So. He was also uh, this whole. The term "the lesser" is a very interesting right uh, term. Like we were already talking about, it could mean uh, that he was the youngest, youngest James, because there's also James, the son of. Uh, Zebedee was mm-hmm. also another apostle. So they were running in the same circle, right? And so it could have been, uh, or it could have been, you know, James and John were like, "Who's going to be the greatest? Is it going to be me?" <laughs> you know, and so it could have been like, uh, "We're the James the Greater, James the Lesser." <laughs> I don't know how all that actually ended up. But. So in my source, uh, which is really good, he, uh, the Bible charts, maps, and timelines from Rosart, it's really great. Yeah, but It's amazing. Yeah, it's really, you should go out and get it because it... Yeah, it's like a $20 book, but it's a, like it's like so much information packed right. into just these handful of pages in exactly. such easy to read format. But uh, each one of them comes with a key lesson. My favorite with <laughs> is James, the son of Alpheus, because this is his key lesson. All followers of Jesus can still accomplish the work of God without being in the limelight. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In other words, that dude wasn't too important. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Jesus said, "In order to be first, you, you must be last." You must so be this last. is probably the best out of all the rest of them. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Who are we? Ne- who's next? Uh, okay. T- speaking of zealots, let's talk about oh, Simon. Simon the Zealot. Um, I fit. I ran across something very interesting. A source that claimed that Simon, and actually, it's in the Rose Art too. Claimed that Simon. In, in fact, this is Catholic tradition. Simon was the bridegroom 
<laughs> at the Cana. wedding at Cana. So, so it was Simon's wedding. Right. Let me find that real quick uh, while, while you okay. talk about it. Okay, him. so while, while you've got that, uh, we have a very short paragraph on him in the, the Book of Martyrs. Simon the Apostle called Canius and Zelotes preached in uh, Mauritania, Africa, and Britain. And he, all, and he was also crucified. Okay, so again, another big missionary guy. Right. And so he went to... Okay, so um, Mauritania, I believe, is, a, is a, an island right off the coast of Africa. Um, Britain? Wow. <laughs> like, th- that is crazy. Like, that's a... I mean, I guess it's no more crazy than India. Right. But it's, I mean, it's a long way from Jerusalem. Um, and he was uh, also crucified. Now, um, some of the other sources I looked at said that he was killed for not sacrificing to the sun god. Uh, and he was in Persia at the time. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure exactly if he was crucified in Persia or these are conflicting stories. I don't really know. So, huh. what do you have here <laughs> about him being the the groom at uh, at Cana? All right. So, N- Nice Forus, who was a historian uh, in the first century, says that uh, as soon as Simon had seen his miracle of Christ at his wedding, this is <laughs> the best. He bade fa- farewell to his bride and the world and followed him and was chosen to be one of the 12 apostles. <laughs> this is the reason why Christ came to this wedding and by coming indeed honored marriage, but by calling him to himself, he showed that celibacy and the apostolate were better than marriage. So this is a wow. huge argument for celibacy. <laughs> But the idea is that Simon... Sorry, honey. Yeah, I know we just got married, but uh, I'm going to go with that guy. uh, (laughs) Because he makes some really good wine. He makes some really good wine. But it also, it would seem like it fits with me because he was a zealot, and zealots are hardcore, and they're always looking for the Messiah back Mm, then, right? Yeah. And so um, they they wanted revolution. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, let's see. He was. Did you say that he was crucified? Is that right? Uh, one of the sources I saw said. Well, Fox says he was crucified. Uh, another one I saw just said he was killed for not sacrificing to the sun god. Hmm. That's interesting. So, yeah, but that's that's pretty much all. I thought that was so funny when I found that about Simon. So next time you read about the wedding in Cana, you can imagine Simon in his tux. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and his and his forlorn bride right. standing at the altar, going, "That wine guy took my husband. <laughs> <laughs> How dare him!" <laughs> All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's see. The next one I have on the list is um, uh, okay. So why don't we talk about uh, Judas just for a second? Judas Iscariot. Scariot. Obviously, we know how he died. He dies in in the scriptures. He does. Not, he's not a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> And his bowels burst open. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Upon the field. Upon the field. Potter's blood. The Potter's field. Um, so Judas was replaced 
in the book of Acts. Matthias. Uh, by Lot, by a, guy, uh, by a guy by the name of uh, Matthias. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Matthias was, uh, according to tradition, burned to death in Syria. So Yay! we're just getting all kinds of... Yeah. Of fun ways to die. But he was in Syria, which means that he was going out and yep. proclaiming the gospel. So he apparently upheld his uh, part of the deal. Have you ever studied on whether while the, the disciples picked Matthias, God picked Paul? Have you ever hmm. thought about that? Not really. But according to their uh, their faith, Casting of the lots was God picking, right? So. But I've heard that I've heard sermons on uh, uh that on that they shouldn't have done it. That's you know, right? They were jumping the gun, and God was gonna, God was gonna. They were gonna they were supposed the to anyway. they were supposed to stop, pray, and wait for the Holy Spirit to direct them, and not cast lots anymore. Right. But yet they did it on silly superstition and. Or did it on their tradition, gotcha. rather than what Jesus had ordered them to do. And hmm, interesting, uh, that's a good thought. I, I yeah. mean, it's it's a solid thought. Whether or not it's correct, I don't know. But, yeah, but it's an interesting. This is very that is. theory, because Paul is the one that went on to do. Oh yeah, yeah. Matthias isn't even really mentioned, other than casting lots and yeah. then falling on Matthias. Just, he's just listed, and then going and getting himself burned to death. Yeah, so. so. <laughs> Hmm. And it's interesting. I mean, it's Syria. That's where uh, Damascus is. I right. Mean, I wonder if there's any correlation there. Because that's where uh, Paul was going to get the letters. Right. Whenever he was converted. Hmm. Okay. All right. Some, some things to noodle on. Yeah. Thaddeus. For whatever reason. I that, love that name, that, isn't it? Thaddeus was the one I was having a hard time finding information about. He was... Um, um, and which is interesting because I've got that book you're looking at yeah. there, right there. Like it's two foot away from me. And you didn't look at it. And I didn't even open it. <laughs> so, okay. But, <laughs> so, but I was, I was digging in, uh, the, the, the book of martyrs not listed. Uh, he's not, he's, he's talked about in this other book that I was talking about, the search for the 12 apostles. Um, he's another interesting name because he's, he's technically a Judas, Right, uh, but because there was already you know Judas Iscariot, and you had Judas, the brother of Jesus, who we call Jude. Right. Uh, I mean, there's lots of Judases running around. In fact, I saw that uh, it's actually was probably the most popular name in that would make sense that area because it's Judah. Right. It's the same name, you know. Uh, sure. So, and they lived in the area of Judah. Right. So. Um, Makes sense, yeah. You know, it's a good thing to name your kid. Uh, so there was lots of Judases, Judah, Jude, however you want to say mm-hmm. it. And Thaddeus was one of them. We refer to him as Thaddeus. It's just like a surname, right? Or his, um, um, his, maybe his uh, uh, father's name. But anyway, he was uh, killed in Persia uh, with Simon the Zealot. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so we didn't get a very clear answer on exactly how Simon died, except for that uh, perhaps killed for not sacrificing to the sun god in Persia. And it looks like Thaddeus was with him at, huh. the, at the time that that happened and died with him as well. That's interesting. Yeah, I have crucified as well. So 
And right. between 80, 72, and 74, or something like that, with with Simon. Yeah, so, so we're getting later into the... Right. Into all this. So, um, are we down to the last one? Are we down to John already? We are down to the, to the very last one. Nice. 13th on our list. Well, not counting Judas Iscariot. <laughs> the winner so, of who shall dist- <laughs> who shall uh, survive the great the gauntlet uh, of Christianity, <laughs> the great gleaning of the disciples. Oh my, so bad, John. So, yes, the Apostle John, writer of the Apostle John, right, or the Gospel John, writer of First, uh, Second, Third John. Uh, so, um, brother of James, son of Zebedee. Yes, writer of the Revelation. Yes. Uh, okay, so by church tradition, we've been told that um, that John died of old age. Right. At the ripe age of, uh, I think Foxes says, uh, 100 years old. Right, close to. Mm-hmm. And he died in like 100 AD. <laughs> yeah, 97. Right. It's like. Okay, so here's what uh, Fox has to say about him. He says, um, The second persecution began during the reign of Domitian, the brother of Titus, and Domitian exiled John to the island of Patmos. But upon Domitian's death, John was allowed to return to Ephesus in the year AD 97. He remained there until the reign of Trajan, uh, gov- uh, governing the churches in Asia and writing his gospel until he died about the age of 100. Yep. So, um, let's see. Have you ever heard the, the theories that they couldn't kill John? Yes. Actually, that's uh, I saw that it was listed as a Latin le- legend. I don't know really what that they means. They tried to boil him alive in oil and... yeah. And do all this other stuff too, but they they could not kill him. And, and the reason was <sighs> Jesus said something about it. Yeah, I, I was going to read that actually. Yeah, um, this is an interesting passage again from John chapter twenty one. So this is the the writer mm-hmm. of the book, right? And uh, that most people believe yeah, is the writer yeah, of the book. So <laughs> we won't go into that, I guess. So, well, if the Passion Translation just comes right out and uses his name. It's like, right. Okay. So, um, let's see. Okay, so at the end, remember when we read earlier about Jesus prophesying Peter's death? Like he said, this is... Oh, yeah. You're going to go somewhere you don't want to go when you're in your, in your youth. You when went you anywhere. stretch out your hands. And you're going to stretch out your hands, and it says, this is what he prophesied. Uh, saying that he would, this is how he would die and glorify God. And then he says, Peter, follow me. Okay, well, the next verse says, Then Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the disciple who sat close to Jesus at the Last Supper and had asked him, Lord, who is the one who will betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked Jesus, What's going to happen to him? And Jesus replied, if I decide to let him live until I return, what concern is that of yours? You must still keep on following me. <laughs> so the rumor started to circulate among the believers that this disciple wasn't going to die. But Jesus never said that 
he only said, if I let him live till I return, what concern is that of yours? The conclusion, I, John, am that disciple who, was written, who has written these things to testify of the truth, and we know that what we, I've documented is accurate. And then it goes on to say, you know, Jesus did countless things that couldn't all be pinned down. Right. But uh, anyway, I just think this is a very interesting thing here because he, ma- he makes mention, Jesus says, what if I let him live until I return? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so it, obviously they all started thinking, John can't die. Right. John's not going to die. Um, so anyway, very interesting in light of the fact that John is the one who was not martyred. Right. He lived until yeah. he died of natural causes. And, uh, yeah, so uh, if you're a Mormon, you believe that John is still alive today um, somewhere. I'm a Mormon. <laughs> so uh, I saw this really great thing on, uh, what was it? They are talking about this guy, he's, he's like stumping a Mormon, and he goes, so you have 12 apostles currently in charge of your church, right? It's like, yeah. So he's like, but you believe that John is still alive, right? Well, yeah, he's somewhere. According to the church tradition, we believe that John's still alive. Well, why isn't John one of the 12 <laughs> apostles of your church? Well, why wouldn't he affirm that what you're saying is right? And, oh, my gosh, it's so funny just seeing, uh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, there's that. Oh, wow. Uh, so there well, you go. Yes, that wraps up basically what church tradition has, our uh, historic memory mm-hmm. has on the fate of the 12 apostles and, or 13 apostles, counting Paul. Right. So anyway, it's to me, it's a faith-affirming thing. Sure. I mean... And it's fun. So... It's great. It's an it's being a, a man of honor. I mean, I just that's just a cool thing. I love movies about honor and that sort of thing. This is like, like this is where the rubber meets the road. You know, to to go out like you know, I'm not a I'm not like like when I go to movies, I don't need a happy ending. Like a lot of people, they're depressed with when a movie doesn't have a happy ending. Whatever, I really don't need one. Sure, but I want an honorable ending. Oh yeah. And so a perfect example is, is movies like, like Braveheart. The hero dies, but what does he die for? for. Like it's, it's, there's submission and power. Mm-hmm. And there's power in that submission. And so that's what we see in these um, apostles. It would make an awesome movie. Like just to go through this type of stuff that we, way were, cool. that we were talking or about. Or a great comic book series. Hey, yeah. Someone ought to do that. <laughs> Somebody ought to. All right, you got some news for us? Hey, let's do it. And now, the news. But wait, there's more about the apostles. Researchers have discovered a block that contained the remains of the apostles, Philip, Andrew, and Peter. Hmm. Uh, Supposed, by the way. A 661-pound basalt block said to have contained the remains of Philip, Andrew, and Peter, was recently discovered in the ruins in the ancient city of Bethsaida. The town of Bethsaida, also referred to as El Erej, is briefly mentioned in John 1.44 as the hometown of these three apostles. 
Makes sense. The sons of Zebedee, uh, right? Or no, Philip, Andrew, and Peter. Uh, professional uh, Professor Mordecai Avum of the Canaret Academic College said that it cannot be known for sure if El uh, Araj is ancient Bethsaida, but that it is highly likely. According to the professor, archaeologists have been digging through the ruins of an old church and came across the reliquy uh, by mistake. We didn't find it in the excavation. Avim sold the Christian post. It was found in the debris of an Ottoman-era two-story house built by a rich man from Damascus who owned all the land locally in the 19th century. His full name was Abdul Rahman Pashaf al-Yusuf, and he was called the Beck, hence the town's word, or <laughs> Sorbic beat habak anyways <laughs> apparently the reliquy discovered was placed on the floor below the church altar in byzantine churches reliquies ho- held sentimental relics um and are positioned this way on purpose so interesting they hmm. broke that open and think they found the remains of philip andrew and peter but it doesn't say exactly how they know it's the remains of those guys right but according to church tradition who knows so uh now you know the rest of the story. Wow. That's a kind of a uh, interesting news topic to come up right in the middle of all this. Right, isn't that crazy? Yeah. All right. Another news: David Platt announced an investigation of the International Mission Board following sex abuse scandal. Oh wow! Current president of the IMB uh, of the Southern Baptist Convention, David Platt, has announced that he is commencing a thorough outside independent examination of IMB's handling of past actions following new details about sexual abuse. The announcement comes after it was revealed that a woman named Anne Marie Miller told IMB officials in 2007 that she had been sexually abused by a Southern Baptist leader named Mark uh, Alderholt. He was also an IMB missionary. IMB conducted a two-day investigation of the allegations and conclude, uh, conclude that Miller was being truthful. However, they did not fire Alderholt. He would later resign, and they did not report it to the police. This summer, Alderholt was arrested in charges uh, with committing multiple sexual abuse crimes against a child. Platt, who became president uh, of the IMB in 2014, said he recently became aware of the situation, which he called extremely disturbing. He also apologized to Miller for the way the board handled the case. He closed by saying, in conclusion, we must do better in the IMB, in the SBC, in any church, and any ministry, we must do anything we can to protect children and adults uh, from abuse and harassment. We must do everything we can to hold anyone who is guilty of these things fully accountable. That's a disgusting, sad thing. Yes. It's so sad that uh, um, that it's, I mean, it's, it's in the IMB. This hits close to home for me because, you know, this is the the denomination I was a part of all my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy to point at Catholics and go, well, obviously it's in that, but it's right. not, you know, right. it's not in our stuff. And so uh, it's it's kind of shocking to, to see, but pray for that, that whole situation. There was a Twitter poll taken recently. What nine common church phrases confused you most as a kid? <laughs> Number one is, have you found Jesus? <laughs> Kids are like, yeah, I, I don't Where'd he go? Like, am I <laughs> like, supposed to be looking for him? Where in the world is Carmen Sandy? <laughs> right. Number two, 
set our hearts on fire for you, Jesus. That's great. Hey, who's got the matches? <laughs> Number three, you are covered by the blood of the lamb. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine a kid just yeah. going, oh, that's gross. Number four, ask Jesus into your heart, of course. Yes. Number five, love on your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, we ask for a hedge of protection around oh, us. Wow. <laughs> Which I always thought was funny. That's always like that's the Satan quote. Oh yeah. Please pray for traveling mercies. How about that one? Oh yeah. It's great. <clears throat> Number eight, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, or my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. <laughs> Everything eggs. is eggs. Yeah. Right. Yolk. Uh how about this one? The favorite response of all. Why does a kiss need to be unforeseen or sloppy wet? <laughs> Is that not brilliant? <laughs> wow. Is that, is that legitimately on, yeah. legitimately on Yeah, there? we were just talking about that. Yeah. Well, think about How it. How he loves. Yeah. We were talking about why David Crowder changed Sloppy Wet to Unforeseen. Right. And then we were listening to the Seventh-day Slumber version of the song. And he, he says he something He changes different. it to something else, like something first kiss. Yeah. So it's like, no one wants the same kiss. Right. They all want different <laughs> ones, apparently. <laughs> That's great. But I love the person's like, why does it need to be unforeseen? Like, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that yeah, kiss. Creeps up Jesus. On you. And then the other one is sloppy wet. That reminds me of my grandma, right? Yeah. It's kind of gross. Because <laughs> he's chewing that uh, right. snuff. All right. Some, uh, I, have I, I had a grandma like that. So uh, I have some, uh, um, no, 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 entertainment news. Entertainment news. We need a thing for entertainment news, by oh. the way. Netflix will be releasing a series about Jesus returning to Earth as a modern-day 12-year-old in an adaption called American Jesus. What? The show is based on Mark Miller's comic book, also called American Jesus. It follows a 12-year-old boy who suddenly discovers he'd returned as Jesus Christ. He can turn water into wine, make the crippled walk, and perhaps even raise the dead. Says the show's superpowers. Yeah. How he, how will he deal with the destiny to lead the world in a conflict thousands of years in the making? Miller, who is a Catholic, said his comic book, American Jesus, is uh, reverential. It's actually very reverential. Like, if I write a Spider-Man comic, I want Spider-Man fans to like that comic. If I write a story starring Jesus, I want Christians to like that comic, he said in a 2012 interview. Sometimes you get stories about religion, mainly to attack a religion. It's something that if you're a Christian, you won't be happy about. So the American Jesus comic is something Catholics would like. Netflix acquired Miller's company in 2017 and since developed many projects with them, including publishing Netflix's first comic, The Magic Order. Wow. So that yeah, that's, that's coming down the pike. That's very interesting. Uh, it's it's like his logic though is a little bit flawed. Oh yeah, because you can try to honor someone but miss who they really are, and like 
because it's very important about who Jesus is. Right. And so it, just by you're thinking you're reverencing him, but you're really not, you know? Sure. So that's interesting. But but go on, I want to jump back to your previous story. So uh, yeah. as a kid, we used to sing all these hymns and stuff. I had the same thing. Like, sure. there's all these hymns that the words run together many times, and so... You think it's saying something that's completely not what oh, it's yeah. saying. Especially when you're listening to language that you really don't use in right. modern day. Because all these hymns we used to sing when I was growing up were all these and thous and, uh-huh. and all that. And Here so, I raised mine, Ebenezer. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, what? what, Ebenezer? What am I doing raising it? <laughs> and uh, But it, I remember there was one, there was a song called um, Whosoever. Okay, so the the song was called "Whosoever Meaneth Me." Okay, so it runs it it runs off of the "Whosoever Meaneth Me." Yeah, yeah. I know so that song. Whenever you hear it, "Whosoever Meaneth Me," uh, it was like I thought. No, it's and in the in the actual course it says "Whosoever Surely Meaneth Me," and <laughs> so I'm like "Whosoever Surely." That's like <laughs> I heard Shirley in there. Sure. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. Some chick called Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, you can't be serious. Yes, sh- <laughs> yes, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> so yeah, so I heard like whosoever Shirley. I don't know like who whosoever who's Shirley, but she means me, right? <laughs> so I was totally confused about that. And then I heard uh, a friend of mine told me that they thought the lyric said whosoever splits a bean with me. <laughs> Splits a bean with yeah. me? Whosoever splits a bean with me. <laughs> what is that? It's a kid thing. You don't know what it means. That's what you're doing. You're going, what in the world? I don't split in the bean. Wow. That's hilarious. And uh, um, there's another one. Um, Here am I, send me. Okay. <laughs> I had a friend tell me one time, he was like, I thought that song said, Here are mice in me. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> there are mice in me. Here are mice in me. Yeah. yeah. That's anyway, great. Sorry. <laughs> no I was problem. Totally off <laughs> kilter, but. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's all right. That's all I got today, anyway. Oh, so, really? uh, yeah. I was going to do that Chris Pratt one, but it's it's kind of late and uh, it's not that great. So, right. anyways, I think I'm done, man. That's all the news. Oh, I, I will mention that we have uh, a new patron. Woo! So, woo! Thank yeah, you so, so much. So, yeah, keep. Keep uh keep having faith in us, and we'll like, keep yeah. <laughs> working on this thing. We're, yeah, we we're we've been hit and miss. I know, right? But uh, we're trying to to get it uh, normalized again. Yes, we're trying to. So, with all that said, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network that does have scripts now Woo! using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone to find out more go to gctnetwork.com subscribe to the newsletter stay up to date with all of our shows including Finding Christ in Cinema and The Secret Fire Podcast visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or your favorite podcast catcher and be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience and there are several ways that you can contact us you can leave us feedback 
send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. And if you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your great commission transmission at GCTnetwork.com. My only fear is the uh, milk drinkers of my congregation. Is this meat going to be too much for them to swallow? <laughs>